Chapter 21 The Call We entered Rijeka, an enchanting cosmopolitan city whose charm begged us to stop and enjoy it. But we couldn't. We were searching for Tersat, a monastery that we were assured would accommodate us. Two hours later, and at the city limits, we arrived at the base of an interminable set of steps where the monastery were supposed to be. A passerby, chuckling, pointed up the stairs, confirming its location. Maybe there won't be so many of them, I thought, hopefully. 561 agonizing steps later, followed by a few hundred meter uphill march, we arrived. My legs trembled, my heart pounded, and my lungs searched desperately for air. A majestic church presided over the city below, its bell tower reaching for the heavens. But I didn't care. My only interest was finding this monastery, which fortunately was near the church. The large wooden door creaked open and a young man, looking no older than 25 and wearing brown Franciscan robes, peered out. He spoke English, and so I presented our needs. I will have to ask the superior for permission, he said. He will return shortly, but you are welcome to wait inside. The young monk led us through an indoor courtyard to a lovely garden whose centerpiece was a cave structure housing a statue of the Virgin Mary of Lourdes. The lights of innumerable candles glowed gently, swaying softly in the breeze and illuminating the statue. The candles balanced precariously in the wax of countless other candles that had melted long ago and left their legacy on the stone for others to stand on. This chapel is dedicated to Our Lady of Tersat, the young monk explained. This is a place of pilgrimage. For centuries, pilgrims from all over Europe have come to pay homage here. They climbed the stairs, many on their knees, asking for penance and forgiveness. Even St. Francis of Assisi was here. He was shipwrecked on his way to Jerusalem and started an order here with the task of maintaining the chapel. That task continues to this day, here in this Franciscan monastery. What a strange coincidence, I thought, following the monk inside this chapel, to be in yet another place of pilgrimage, as if we were following some invisible steps in time. The front wall inside this chapel was taken up by a simple statue of Mary. Every other wall was filled with crutches, braces, and walking aids, handwritten notes, rosaries, and gifts of all types, including replicas of ships and paintings, took up every other available space. The sick and needy come here, asking to be healed, the monk said reverently, These gifts are a testament of their gratitude and devotion to Our Lady. You are welcome to wait here. I wandered around the chapel, lingering at the handwritten notes, unable to understand the words, but feeling the faith and love of those who wrote them. That feeling emanated from every article, adding to the impact and overwhelming emotion of being in this sacred place. Another young monk, also no more than 20, excitedly approached. I am Vlado, he enthused. 
When my brother told me about you, I knew I had to meet you. He mentioned you might be stopping in Medjugorje. We had heard about Medjugorje, a village in Bosnia-Herzegovina, sporadically throughout our walk. In June of 1984, Mary purportedly appeared to six young children on a nearby hill and started giving them messages of peace. The Vatican has never sanctioned the authenticity of the apparitions, as in Fatima or Lourdes, but this hasn't stopped people from going. What most attracted Alberto and I to Medjugorje was that she was called the Queen of Peace. We haven't firmly decided if we're going to go, I responded to Vlado. Oh, you must go, he enthused. You can feel the presence of the Holy Mother everywhere. I walked there from Zagreb, and I felt God's hand guiding my every step. I found my faith and my calling during that pilgrimage, and decided then to dedicate my life to serving others. We stayed in the garden for over an hour with our new friend, pilgrims sharing stories and experiences and remembering difficulties and triumphs. We connected profoundly with this young monk and in him found a kindred spirit. I can speak with you forever, he proclaimed, but I must leave. I promise to return soon. He was back within a few minutes, excitedly waving a small piece of paper. Alberto, Moni, look at this, he exclaimed. I found this note on the floor of the basilica when I went in for prayers. It was the only piece of paper there. It looked like it had been pulled out of a fortune cookie. What does it say, I asked. It is a message from Our Lady of Peace in Medjugorje, he enthused. She still communicates with some of the children, or visionaries as they are now called. Her message is published on the 25th of every month. This message speaks about following your faith. This is no coincidence, Alberto said. I believe it is intended for you, Vlado affirmed. Alberto asked me for the map and pulled out a small pocket calendar. With Vlado's help, we mapped out a route to Medjugorje. It was near the Croatian border, about 600 kilometers south of where we were now. Today is February the 1st, Alberto said. If we can average 25 kilometers a day without taking any rest days, then we can be there for the 25th. I believe our Holy Mother is calling you, Vlado said reverently. You must go. Vlado left us again, and Alberto and I wandered the ground. I wasn't sure what to make of what had just happened. It seemed like a sign to go, but I needed more proof. Two hours later, Vlado reappeared and hurried us through the halls of the dimly lit monastery, depositing us into the arms of a motherly nun who led us by the hand to our room, all the while speaking excitedly in Croatian, and then to a dining table filled with hot food. We sat with Vlado and enjoyed the pasta dish mixed with sour cream, cheese, and onions, along with various local cheeses and fresh bread. Vlado nibbled on some bread and sipped water. We invited him to join us. Our Lady in Medjugorje recommends fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, he replied happily. I couldn't enjoy my meal after that. An older monk joined us. He spoke limited English, and so Vlado was our translator for the evening. Vlado's devotion to Medjugorje was evident. 
But with this other monk, I felt even more deeply the unconditional acceptance of the ways of the Catholic Church. We had stayed in many monasteries in Italy, but I never felt the fervor that I felt here. The Croatians seemed more Catholic than the Italians, so I kept my views to myself and felt I was walking a tightrope all evening. Alberto was similarly reserved, and when he did speak, it was in simple, non-controversial ways. I was relieved to see the evening come to an end. Vlado sat with us at breakfast the next morning and seemed even more excited than usual. I had the strangest dream last night, he said. I don't normally remember my dreams, but this one felt very real. A magician came to the monastery. Excuse me? Alberto exclaimed. Did you say a magician? Yes, you know, Vlado said, like a wizard. I glanced at an astonished Alberto. So what happened, he asked, trying to sound matter-of-fact. I was in a room studying and praying with some of the brothers, Vlado said, when someone knocked on the door. I opened it and invited the wizard inside. He was friendly and open, sharing with us his beliefs about God and Jesus. But I felt his words were an attack on our faith, even though I knew that that wasn't his intention. The brothers were becoming agitated, but no one challenged him. I was also becoming tense and couldn't listen any longer. And so I stood and said, go to Medjugorje. The wizard stopped speaking and looked at me intently. Then I woke up. How did you know that he was a wizard? Alberto asked. Did he perform any magic? No, Vlado replied slowly, his eyes firmly fixed on Alberto. He spoke more like a philosopher, but I knew he was a wizard. Vlado announced that he had something for us and pulled out several items from a nearby cabinet mainly pendants and photos of various Marys and saints. He surprised us with a handwritten list of common Croatian translations to words such as hello, goodbye, my name is, and where is the church? I smiled affectionately when I saw included translations for the full Hail Mary and how to say I am fasting Wednesday and Friday. Finally, Vlado handed me a small English Bible. I had been receiving continual signs for the name John since Italy. First Giovanni in Italian and now Ivan in Croatian. Since St. John was represented by the eagle, I had wanted to search for a message or a sign in this gospel of the eagle, but had dismissed the idea of finding an English Bible in Croatia. Now that it was in my hands, however, I was certain that there was something there for me. We said our goodbyes soon after and went on our way. Wasn't that amazing? Alberto enthused once we were out of earshot. Wow, it's the first time I've ever received a message through someone else's dream. If this doesn't prove the existence of magic, I don't know what does. Do you think that Vlado suspects you're a wizard? I asked. Well, judging by the way he was looking at me, I would say yes, he replied. But that doesn't matter. His message is what matters. 
We need to be in Medjugorje for the 25th. I don't know, Alberto, I said. I want to get there, but I don't want to push myself. Alberto didn't seem pleased with my response. Things were changing quickly, in ways I couldn't understand, and they unnerved me. I needed time to reflect. Perhaps Medjugorje was calling the wizard, but that didn't mean she was calling me.